0: And I want to jump straight into the word. If you have your Bible, we're going to read in two places, both in Genesis. We're going to read uh, uh, two verses in Genesis chapter 20. And we're going to read two verses in Genesis chapter 26. And so the Bible says in Genesis 20, um, Abraham moved to Gerar. Someone say Gerar. While living there as a foreigner, Abraham introduced his wife, someone say wife, Sarah by saying, she is my sister. Introduced his wife saying, she is my sister. By the way, this is the second time Abraham is doing this to his wife. In Genesis 12, he did the same thing. So this is the second time he's introducing his wife as his sister So, King Abimelech, someone say Abimelech, of Gerar sent for Sarah and said, She's a free, beautiful woman. (laughs) So he sent for her and he brought her to him at this palace. I believe verse 3 should read, and then Abraham and Sarah had an argument hangover not too long after that one. Go with me to Genesis chapter 26 a whole another generation ensues and now we're talking about Abraham's son Isaac verse 1 says this so Isaac moved to Gerar someone say Gerar where Abimelech someone say Abimelech king of the Philistines lived what is it with this man what is it with this location verse 7 when the man when the man who lived Asked, uh, lived there asked Isaac about his wife Rebecca he said she is my sister <laughs> he was afraid to say she is my wife he thought they will kill me to get her because she is so beautiful and I believe verse 8 should read then Isaac and Rebecca had an argument <laughs> hangover not too long after that Uh, This morning, I want to continue this sermon series we're calling The Argument Hangover by preaching a message called Break the Pattern. If you're taking notes, write that down. Break the Pattern. I would encourage you to take notes today or take screenshots today because I would love it if you would study it and keep it with you as you progress through life. Would you pray with me, God? We're asking you to break the chains, break the patterns, break off any sort of curses. Open our eyes to see what you see and help us to become free as you uh, uh, destined when you said it is for freedom that Christ set us free. So, Father, help us discover that in you in Jesus' name. And everyone agree with that said? Amen. So the book of Genesis, we have to understand this, that... God is trying to introduce himself to mankind. And so as he does it, he does it through telling formative stories. Stories that should... Uh, uh, be memorized, told, and retold so that we are best able to understand the nature of God and also the patterns of man. God goes through painstaking um, detail to say over and over again what he wants us to know about himself and what he needs us to know about all ourselves and he does it through formative stories so when he's writing the narrative of genesis he takes up 14 chapters to say i need you to see almost like an onion peeling back layer after layer i need you to see what's in you mankind Because if I just tell Genesis chapter 12, when Abraham says his wife is his sister, you might go, huh that's unfortunate. (laughs) So I'm going to repeat the story again a couple chapters later, and you'll see Abraham does it again. But you'll be likely to say, huh, he's got a big blemish of a shortcoming. Praise God, it's only him. So I'm going to let another generation come up. And through 14 chapters like an onion, I'm trying to take a very thorough approach, I believe God is doing, to show you what's in human behavior. And so now we see Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. He's repeating the same thing at the same place with the same king at the same stage of life that his daddy did with the exact same sin. I need to point out to you that in Genesis 12 and 20, Isaac wasn't even born yet when his daddy was acting this way. Yet somehow, without even being taught, he is repeating the exact same thing at the exact same stage of life. In the exact same blemishing way, he is repeating his daddy's devils. He is revisiting the same issues that his dad once had. And it tells us something here that Isaac has inherited his father's weaknesses. In other words, he is telling half-truths for cowardly self-preservation. A half-truth. It's not the truth at all. And so he's making up half-truths just like his daddy did without even having to hear the stories of what his dad did. It's by default. It's in his nature. He inherited his daddy's weaknesses. Are you like me that when you read these stories, have you ever wondered what went through the minds of Sarah and Rebecca as these stories unfold? Is anybody here thinking Sarah or Rebecca's uh, uh, uh comeback remarks to their husbands were, wow, you were, you were so cunningly coward in that moment that I'm so attracted to you in the moment. Just can't wait to express to you my desires towards you. Does anyone think that they are thinking that the way you squirmed in front of power really turns me on? I can't wait till we have a moment together again so I can express just how much I fell in love with you in the moment where you denied me as your wife and claimed me as your sister. They went down as a reputation they didn't want. They're the OG sister wives before there was ever a TV series about it. So they now have a reputation because of the men who are fighting a, 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 a similar devil, and what is it revealing? You might want to write this down today. We have a tendency to take on our father's struggle. Genesis laid out 14 chapters so that we wouldn't miss this. We have a tendency to take on our father's struggle. In other words, it's not just limited to the uh, patriarchal side. I don't, I don't know if I said that word right. You know what I mean. It's not just limited to the male side. We have a tendency to have to to fight our daddy's devils. We have a tendency to have to fight our mama's monsters. We have a tendency that what our parents haven't dealt with gets passed on to the next generation. In fact, the principle is laid out in Exodus chapter 34. If we look at Exodus chapter 34, it says this, that the Lord is speaking to Moses. He's he's revealing himself to Moses and he says, oh, by the way, want to know who I am? I lavish love to a thousand generations. I forgive. Someone say, I forgive. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. This is what I want to do first. I want to forgive. I want to restore. I want to make wrong things right. This is what I desire to do first and foremost. But please don't miss the next part. But I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and the fourth generation. Somebody in here might be thinking, that's not fair. But he's laying out a principle here. If your parents dealt with it, it dies right there. If your parents didn't deal with it, it gets passed on to you. Let me fast forward to you now. If you deal with it, it stops right there. If you choose to ignore it and to repeat the same devils as your parents had, it gets passed on to your children and their children's children. Somebody say, break the pattern. We tend to take on. Our family's struggles, in other words, it's passed down from person to person within a, a family until it is recognized and broken. So we got to deal with it, and we got to break it. You, you, you might have thought before that. Everyone in my family, we tell, we tell lies. We've always told lies. We tell lies to get ourselves out of jams. We, 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 we've always been broke. None of us had a, any sort of money. We've always had kids out of wedlock. That's just how it happens. None of our family's marriages ever last. No one has ever finished school in my family before. We don't go to church on a regular basis. Never have been raised to go to church on a regular basis. We We don't take God seriously enough in my family. No one takes him seriously enough. My father was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My great-grandfather was an alcoholic. One abuser after another. One cheater after another. Anger uncontrolled. Generation after generation after generation, we tend to take on our family's struggle. Someone say, break the pattern. I came here today with an assignment not to tickle your ears, not to just have a a good 30 minutes together and then go home. I don't care about having a great speech today. I care about today exposing the lies of the enemy and breaking (laughs) off lineage, breaking off patterns so that your kids will not suffer, so that in your marriage it will be different because we're going to walk in greater freedom than maybe what my parents walked in. And I praise God for my parents, and I'm not looking to put down my parents. I'm looking to take personal responsibility today in Jesus' name. Anybody else want to do that along with me today? Say amen. We have to take care of this here and now because sin has death ramifications. Sin's not cute. Sin's not just like, hey, let me just have sin for a season. It'll be fun. Then I'll get everything right because there's really no ramifications for that. For the Bible says in Romans 6.23 that sin pays off with death. In other words, you have sinned. You have earned the right of a reward. Your reward is death. And you cannot deny it, you cannot say don't give it to me, you cannot say I don't want any of that, you have earned it, it is coming, and you cannot cancel it because it is out of your power and your realm to sin without it having ramifications. And so sin pays off with death. Now, death, we oftentimes like to think death is just simply someone dying. But death in the Bible does not always mean someone dying. It also includes the words separation from. In other words, there will always be death for the wages of sin. There may be a separation in the form of death. In, In other words, a separation from favor, a separation from prosperity, a separation from anointing a separation from your relationship a separation from intimacy a separation from warmth A separation from God's presence. A separation that should scare any one of us into realizing that we cannot just play around with it and think that there are no ramifications from it. I don't want a separation from my blessing. I don't want a separation from God's protection. I don't want a separation from the rain that God wants to give me. Listen, we can't accrue sins on our souls and think it won't eventually destroy us. No less than we can rack up credit card debt in a carefree spending spree and think that the debt will never come due. Sinning for a season or, or, or this is just what my family does and making excuses for it is to rack up a debt that will come due and when the time comes due, you're not going to be able to handle it. Praise God for Jesus. But before I get into what Jesus did for us, you need to write this down. This this sin bill will ruin you. Oh, sin can be fun for a season. Believe me, I did it too. But when I opened my eyes to what Jesus did for me, I had to now realize that this sin bill will ruin me and is ruining me. And I need someone to save me from this bondage of death. Oh, praise Jesus Christ, the lover of my soul, the one who broke off all of the curse. Someone say, Jesus. So let's talk today about how to break the pattern that's defined your family. How to break the pattern so it doesn't define your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. It's... It's three points I want to share with you today. Number one is to recognize it. Recognize the pattern. Recognize the weakness. Recognize the repeated cyclical sin. Recognize the generation after generation... There is no one sitting in here that is excluded in this moment because while my daddy's devils might not have been your daddy's devils, every one of us have had uh, 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 situations where we realize this is a common thread that runs through my lineage and it needs to stop with me. It needs to stop with us. It needs to stop today so that I don't pass this on to the next generation. We start by recognizing it. 1 Corinthians 13. 13:11 says this When I was a child I spoke like a child I thought like a child I reasoned like a child Listen to that I thought I spoke I reasoned like a child What but when I became a man Somebody say became a man Ladies say became a woman When I became, when I grew up, I put childish foolishness away. In other words, I'm going to recognize it. I'm not going to just gloss over it. I am not going to just act childishly and blame other people. I'm not I. I I'm not going to go the rest of my life blaming this on my daddy. I'm not going to go the rest of my life blaming this on my mama. I am my own man. You are your own man or woman. When you become a man, you put childish foolishness, childish excuses, childish reasoning, childish talking, childish speech, behavior away and so we we now begin to see I cannot just continue to make excuses for the rest of my life if I'm going to become a man I am going to put childish patterns away I hope I'm not stepping on toes today but I I, I feel like we have a lot of adults acting childish and foolish today We have a lot of adults walking around doing whatever childish tendencies they want, having whatever childish fascinations they want, having whatever childish pleasures they want as if there's no payoff, as if there's no ramification, as if if there's no curse due to the next generation, as if the next generation is not paying for this. And I don't come to spit condemnation to anybody. If you're in this place and you're feeling heavy, I want to tell you that God. God does not have a spirit of condemnation, but he does operate in conviction. In other words, he might be just saying, today's the day we break it off. You don't have to stay in that prison. You don't have to spit curses on your own name, you don't have to throw dirt on your own reputation God's not looking to do that I'm not looking to do that but today let's go ahead and break the pattern so that here forward we have a testimony and not a pattern, the testimony is I used to be this way, I used to have childish tendencies but when I became a man, when the spirit of God came upon me, he touched me, I recognized it and he helped me put childish things away anybody in here want to help me preach this morning it's time to face it and break it we start by recognizing it and let me talk to the singles up in here if you are not yet married or if you are looking to be married again can I tell you what you should be looking for in the other person you should be looking for a man or you should be looking for a woman I did not say a male I did not say a female I said a man or a woman who has put childish things away I have taken the time to recognize Some of the weaknesses that gets passed down generation to generation in my own family. And I have brought them to the altar because I believe God can break the pattern. I believe God can redeem my daddy's name. I believe God can do a brand new work in me. I believe it's a new day. Come on, there's fresh oil and I'm believing that he wants to start with me. And I've brought it to the altar and I've let him do some things in me. I've put childish things away. No longer blaming my mama. No longer blaming my grandmama. No longer blaming the patterns. Because when I became a man, I recognized it. I brought it to the altar. And I handled it like a man. When I became a woman, I recognized it. I dealt with it. I brought to the to the altar. I brought it to the power and the feet of Jesus. And he did a new thing in me. And I'm walking a different person today hope I'm helping somebody number two we recognize it number two we break it ha if you're reading in our Bible reading plan together with us I altered my scripture right here To yesterday's reading in Psalm chapter 32, if you'd like to read along with us, find it on our website, on the homepage of our website. We have a Bible reading plan. We'd love to have you join in with us. Psalm 32 said yesterday, when I refuse to confess my sin, listen to all the punishments. Listen to all the heaviness. When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Anybody can identify with this. I remember silently suffering, hoping no one else finds out, while I tried to find a path of healing and restore some things. But we got to be strong enough to confess it to God, knowing he will not rebuke us. He will not turn us away. He will restore us. He will redeem us. And he will heal us. So when I finally confessed all my sins to you God Oh, I stopped trying to hide my guilt And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord And you forgave me Say those last three words with me And you forgave me One more time, say it with me And you forgave me me i am the god who looks to forgive the iniquities of all generations that's who god desires to be first and foremost but we have to recognize it and we must now break it he said all oh, my guilt is gone three parts to this second part right here 2a confess confess it how do i break it i start by confessing it i admit the pattern i admit the sin I admit what I'm hiding. I go ahead and say I'm no longer going to try to hide in a closet my pornography, my cheating, my anger, my drunkenness. My gossip, my pride, greed, lying, infidelity, I'm not sure what it is for you. But one thing I do know is that all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. So that means not only you, but that means your parents too. As great as they were, as terrible as they were. We all have some ownership to take in this area. And we're looking at ourselves and we're saying, I must confess, I need to tell God exactly what you need him to change in you. God, I admit I'm weak, but I love that your scripture says that where I am weak, you are strong. So I'm going to stop pretending to be very strong in this weakness because I ain't fooling anybody but myself. I just have patternistic sin. I'm just repeating the cycle. I just have the same devils my daddy did. I've got the same mayhem my mama had. I need to start owning it and bringing it to you because in this area I am weak and you are strong. So we start by confessing. The second way to break it is then to repent and decide it ends Today, I'm going to give you an opportunity today for you to say, it ends today. No more. From this point forward, I'm believing that God can break the pattern over my life. I choose to turn from it today with God's help. Let me emphasize this again. You have to turn from it, say after me, with God's help. Say that. That's the most important part. Because many of y'all are like me before I gave my life to Christ and I tried to turn from it but I didn't finish the sentence. With God's help. Guess how successful I was. (laughs) Zero out of a hundred. How did you already know that in your soul? Because you've done it too. You say, that's it. (laughs) It's gonna stop right here. I'm really gonna get a hold of this thing. Finally, once and for all, I'm gonna do it. But if you don't add with God's help You will not accomplish this. I often have said this, that the Old Testament is two-thirds of our Bible. And the reason it is so long is because our skulls are so thick. Because the entire Old Testament is human beings going, I can do it without God's help. And then they get into bondage. And then they get into slavery. And they get into jams. And then they cry out to the Lord. and They say, help us, for we are helpless. God breaks in. He breaks the pattern. He busts them out. He sets them up on a rock. And he says, you are my people. Go conquer. As long as you walk with me, nothing shall ever conquer you. But if you disobey, you'll be right back into the same ditch you were before. And human beings go, okay, thank you. We've got it from here. I can do it all on my own. I I don't need you anymore i don't like your ways anymore your ways are old-fashioned your ways are restrictive god says if you think my ways are restrictive tell me how restrictive man's ways are because you're about to be restricted in a bondage again i am the god who looks to free you i am the god who looks to set you up on a rock i am the god who wants to restore you humans are the ones who restrict themselves because we over and over again think I got it from here I will fix this period uh, 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 uh. Today We take the period off We erase that junk Come on, flip your pencil over And erase that period And add with God's help I look to the heavens I look to the mountains From where my help comes from It doesn't come from inner grit and strength It doesn't come from college degrees It doesn't come from a fat bank account it doesn't come from marrying the love of my life, and it doesn't come with more kids. I look to the hills from where my help comes from. Ask God's forgiveness for the wake of your own destruction. So we, we, we in breaking it, number two, we, number one, confess. We, number two, repent. And number 2.3, 2.C, if you're very... Logistical, because I know I said A earlier. <laughs> that would have been me. Uh, excuse me. Okay, anyway, don't get sidetracked. Cast it off. You've got to cancel Satan's free reign to terrorize your brain. Oh, I need to say that again. You've got to cancel Satan's free reign to terrorize your brain. Because the thing Satan loves to do is to remind you that you're not that strong. Remember the last time you tried to drop this? You remember the last time you thought you were free? Oh, yeah, 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 but you need to remind him, but I'm getting ahead of myself, that I erased the period at the end of the sentence and I added with God's help. So it's different this time, devil. And I'm telling you that nothing can stand in the way of our God. So you've got to tell your brain, no, 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 no. I'm going to take every thought Captive. Even the thought that says, I don't know if I'll ever get free from this. I think I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. My daddy dealt with it. My granddaddy dealt with it. My grandmother dealt with it. My mama dealt with it. Come on, it's going to be a part of us, and I don't know how to break it. No, in Jesus' name, he has the power to break every chain. And if you know that, give me an amen today. Can I remind you, can I remind you that demons don't tremble at you? but they do tremble at the name of Jesus they tremble at the name of Jesus so don't try to do it on your own when you're like, that's it, New Year's resolution (laughs) finally gonna do it if you throw the period at the end demons don't tremble at you, they don't go, oh crap he's actually gonna do it this time, she's actually gonna get free they don't tremble at you, they probably laugh at you but the moment you say, I'm gonna get free in Jesus name with God's help now they start to tremble can I remind you of a story in our gospels that says a man full of demons once Jesus just showed up on the shore hadn't even talked to the man yet and the demons immediately started to tremble and they blurted out even without solicitation they just blurted out what are you doing here Jesus are you here to terrorize us before our time it's an insight what demons don't want us to know that they tremble in the name of Jesus and so while there was no power in you previously oh there is no power that can stand up to God in his majesty and so say. I cast off the lie that I'll always be this way. I cast off the lie that I can't break this thing. God, you can break it. And Satan, no more can you tell me that I'm a failure, that I'm at the end. Because God calls me a co-heir. He calls me more than a conqueror. Through him, the weapons of our warfare are not the same thing as the natural weapons. For the weapons we have are powerful to break off strongholds and break every chain. And so number three, how do I break The pattern that defines my family, I recognize it. I break it. And number three, I celebrate it. Oh, come on. Psalms 30 says this. You have turned my sorrow into joyful dancing. No longer am I sad. I thank you from my heart. And I will never stop singing your praises. I've once heard a pastor say this. You can tell the size of your God by the size of your praise. I'm gonna need somebody who loves to praise the Lord. Help me out a little bit. You can tell the size of your God by the size of your praise. Because sometimes, sometimes you could be up in a church service and you're thinking, Now, what has gotten into that sister over there? She is loud. She's clapping. She's dancing. What has gotten into that brother over there? They look goofy. If somebody takes a video of them, that's going viral on Instagram. But what they are trying to say is you could go ahead and try to capture my praise, but you're not going to resist my praise because the size of my praise tells you the size of my delivering God. My God delivered me from addiction. My God delivered me from a pattern. My God delivered me from anger. My God is delivering me from pornography, from abuse, from cheating, generation after generation. My God is restoring. I might have a child out of wedlock. But I'm redeeming the pattern, and I'm taking care of them, and I'm raising up a future generation. Why don't we keep celebrating right now for those in this room who have already beaten those odds. Come on. You made the changes. You broke the cycle. You're defeating divorce patterns. You're fixing the credit problems. Come on, you're redeeming your daddy's names. Jesus is breaking the pattern in your life. They said you'd be in jail. They said you'd never amount to much. But you're building your family. You're building your children. You're building your house. And you're building God's house. Come on, don't wait for somebody to celebrate you. Celebrate yourself. Get up and celebrate yourself. Get up and give God some celebration for what He's done. I don't care what the people next to me think, because my God. I'm also going to need you to pray for breaking the pattern of a strained voice in the second experience so they can get the same freedom. But let me say this, forgetting how good God's been is a recipe to return to you. Let me say that again. Forgetting how good God's been is a recipe to return to your sin. Proverbs says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. So you got to celebrate early and often. That's why when the music starts, I don't need a worship leader to lead me into worship. I've already got a song on my heart and a praise in my mouth because whether I like the song, whether I like the pitch, it's too high for me i can't sing up there who gives a rip i got a god to praise and i'm going to sing it that song's too new that song's too loud who cares my god's been loud and he's done some amazing things that song's too old play something new i don't care it's been setting people free for generations go ahead and praise the one who sets people free Sit down for just one moment. Sit down for just one moment. We're having church up in here. Here's one great way to celebrate it. Get baptized and wash it clean. Get baptized and wash it clean. Come on. Mark the day that God washed it all away by going public and celebrating that this is what God did on the inside of me. And he could do it with you too. And I'm not hiding it from anybody. In fact, one of our Dream Teamers, I'm so honored I get to see her back today because they have gone through a season, a very dark season, a very difficult season, and yet God's been faithful and carried them through, and I'm so great, glad to see Candy today, and I know her husband is restoring from a surgery right now, watching online, so they're together in spirit, but Candy Came out out of the water of baptisms um, in Assateague with an elated smile on her face, and I was visiting her in the hospital as she just got out of a surgery, and she just started telling me how God did a tremendous work when she went under the water, and so these are her words that I asked her to put it in words for me in a text. She said, Pastor. The final straw of getting baptized softened my heart to a divine degree. God had been preparing me beforehand with the Bible study, forgiving what you can't forget. But the day of my baptism was the day I came up dead to those afflictions of bitterness, anger, and resentment. My joy is so full now that I want to share my joy with anyone who will listen. I'm without those shackles of pain holding me down. Isn't that amazing? So the best gift I can give you today is to develop your own testimony that when Satan comes running and knocking on your door, you can have the same three-word statement that makes Satan tremble when Jesus hung on the cross. It is finished. Oh, devil, I know you've gotten me a time or two. Over and over again My mama's monster's been coming after me But let me tell you what happened I went to the cross And I speak the same words of my Savior It is finished Your reign is over Your domain is done I have been covered by the blood of the Lamb Who has broken off the pattern It is finished with every head bowed in this place Every eye closed If you know I don't have to wait very long If you already know that's me It's time to get real in this place And it's time to confess my sin to God And to get free Without, uh, I'm not going to call you forward Or embarrass you embarrass you, but I don't want you to be embarrassed right now to raise your hand and say, Pastor, today I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe it's the first time. I see hands already going up. Maybe it's a renewal of a commitment. If you're online and you say, that's me too. Come on, church, go ahead and begin to clap for the hands I'm seeing all over the room right now. If you've raised your hand, would you pray this prayer out loud with me and the whole church will join you. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I know I'm a sinner, I need you to save me. I quit relying on my good works to save myself and to make things right. Instead, I rely on you, the one who went to the cross for me. You were beaten so I could be freed. You are the restorer of my soul. Thank you for doing a new work right now, cleansing me from every sin, giving me a fresh start today. In Jesus' name, I pray. And the church celebrated as they said. Amen.